This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It is Thursday, March 30th, 2023. I am Duke. Oh, good Lord. This is live. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. That's actually the first time I've screwed up my name ever doing the show. It is March 30th. I need to wish a happy birthday to my father. The big 8-3 today. You know what that means. I'm going to be around for much longer than people want, hopefully. So <laughs> big ups to my pops. Find Gem City native that he is. I also must issue another warning. I'm flying solo this week, so if you hear my dog barking, I have no one here working security, so uh, we will get over it. As always, on Thursdays, the great Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter are, are here. We have a ton of good stuff to go over. It has been a really fun week on the recruiting trail. Lots of guys, lots of names, lots of commitments, and more to come. Let's start with a look back. At the twin killing, the Armstrong brothers committed earlier this week. Very interesting. There's some chatter out there that maybe if they weren't in Ohio, they wouldn't be national caliber prospects. I asked that same question to Steve Wolfong on Tuesday, and he disagreed with that, felt they were national caliber. Mark, we'll start with you. What do you make of that? Are yeah, the Armstrong's heard- local heroes or national guys who just happen to be in Ohio that Ohio State will benefit from? Yeah, I've got this question before. I've seen this question on the boards, and so we might as well just dive into it and see what's behind it. Uh, when I scouted the sophomore, uh, those Armstrong twins a year ago, they were coming off a sophomore tape. They were 240 pounds. One was a tight end. One was a tackle. Um, there was nothing uh, at the Under Armour camp that 240-pound kids running around looking very active. They didn't have the body yet. Uh, There's a lot of 240-pound tight ends in Ohio that were not considering Ohio State offensive linemen at that time. So you could see where there was a a national spotlight on them at Under Armour, and what they saw was two kids that weren't ready yet, simply were not ready. Uh, When they showed up at the Ohio State camp this summer, it was almost like you had to do a double take or a double blank that, is that really the same kids we saw three, four months ago? I mean, it looks like they had nonstop eating, nonstop lifting, and that frame had filled out. I, I looked at them as maybe 6'3 or 6'4 sophomore year, and I looked down at a sheet, and they were listed at 6'7. And I was almost like, okay, who's full of it here? And that's my natural reaction to every height that's, you know, absurd. And they're probably not. And then you stand next to me like, geez, oh, man, these kids actually hit that growth spurt. So 
the national media might not have seen it. And, you know, now they're 290, 280, and they kept that athletic ability that they had from a year ago when they were running around like a tight end and tackle. Now they're tackle and guard, of course. Uh, so I think there was an initial, I don't know, evaluation on them that was not high or positive. And that happens a lot. It's like a what have you done for me lately, a limited sample size, and people take a sound bite and run with it. And, you know, I've, I've been doing this long enough that I've seen enough kids as sophomores that the next year I see them, I just shake my head. The speed training and the growth you can make at that age is monumental. You know, I have a young kid now, and you look for these little baby steps year by year from 12, you know, 9 to 13. When you're 15 and 16, you're becoming a man whether you want to or not sometimes. And these guys grew up to become men. Uh, the trait they have that's different than all the other guys. Let me back up a step because I know Ben Roebuck was the guy a year ago. When I watched him at the Under Armour film and I posted that film in one of the forums this week of the Under Armour breakdown of the linemen, Ben Roebuck was one of the most unflexible linemen at that camp. When they made, I actually put the video of him trying to bend, like walking through a drill where they just wanted him to get down. And he really didn't get down in a good, flexible, athletic position. And I think that was the holdback because I know a lot of offensive line coaches won't take offensive linemen that aren't flexible. The Armstrong twins crushed that type of test. That's like uh, child's play for them. They're so flexible and, you know, they get down in all these crazy positions and they have the explosive feet. Uh, so, yeah, I've compared those two, their feet at least, to like a Taylor Decker type. And Taylor Decker was the same way, 6'7", 240, coming out of sophomore year. Uh, the old regime before Urban Meyer wanted nothing to do with Taylor Decker. Uh, they were offering Chris Carter and Tommy Brown and big guys like that. Urban Meyer's first couple offers in Ohio, Taylor Decker, Trubisky, if we go back. So kids like this with maybe, I don't want to say narrower shoulders, but they don't have that initial bulk. They have a tight end, power forward look to them more so than your big burly. Luke Hamilton was the same way. Big kid, a little bit top-heavy was the criticism of him going back to those camps. Big belly, uh, you worry that he's over his toes sometimes and he can't stay under his feet because he's got a little – He's cleaned that up a little bit, and he makes up for it with nastiness. Uh, so I'm not bad-mouthing the guys going to Michigan. I'm just yeah. evaluating who they are and what they're getting at these different places. But the contrast a year ago was big, burly Luke Hamilton and Ben Roebuck and these little scrawny Armstrong twins. The, the, the narrative has changed, and I'm going to be the first one to say it's going to change even more once you see more tape on them senior year and stuff like that. So, yeah, national prospects – and you don't find me more athletic linemen nationally than they are. Now, yeah. I will say on the field, if you watch them in a game, every now and then they'll slip off a block early. Okay? You know, every now and then you're like, oh, I wish you would have stuck with that. That's just first year of varsity starting experience at, at the St. Ed's level. There's plenty of that that will clean itself up because they have the skill set below it. Bill, the national interest was there for them, correct? Yeah, I mean, they have. They had an offer from Georgia. There you and, go. I was uh, hoping you'd say that. Yeah. You know, what it would have come down to, I think, with the Armstrongs from talking to them many times, um, I think it would have come down to Ohio State or Penn State. So you're either going to have them playing on your line or you're going to be playing against them. Um, right. You know, a couple little stories about the, the Armstrongs. Um, they were, yeah, this was probably a month ago. And they, I think they pretty much knew they were going to go to Ohio State, but they weren't certain. And the high state and Penn State spring games are on the same day, April 15th. 
and they were trying to decide which spring game to go to. And they had asked me, uh, you know, not to necessarily write write this. So I didn't. But, you know, it was either going to go to Ohio State or Springs or Penn State spring games. And, and they knew that uh, they didn't want it really out there that they were debating and, and that they were going to kind of announce simultaneously which one they're going to because as they put it which game we go to is a big statement and obviously they ended up committing before they made that announcement we now know they're going to go to the ohio state spring game but you know that to them that was going to be a big statement and they were right of which game they picked to go to so that's why i kind of think it was ultimately going to come down to ohio state or penn state for where they ended up um the other story is, I, and I mentioned this, I think, in one of my stories, is that uh, that I wrote on our, our uh, site, is that, uh, you know, I, I'm getting ready to sit out, have dinner uh, late Saturday afternoon, and all of a sudden a message comes in from one of the Armstrongs, Mr. Curlick, we committed to Ohio State. You know, we're, we're uh, just wanting to let you know, uh, basically to get ready, we're going to announce it tonight, meaning Saturday evening. So, you know, I thanked them and everything. I'm getting ready and all. And they didn't end up out announcing it that night. Uh, and then they were going to announce on Sunday, but that didn't happen. They waited till Monday because they, they were waiting for their edit to get done and everything. But, but um, you know, they had they could have gone to Michigan if they wanted. They could have gone to Penn State. Like I mentioned, they had the Georgia offer. So, you know, the big schools were all in there. Elite twins from your state at a position of need should be just – we should just be thanking them rather than getting upset about that right now. That's just an amazingly lucky thing. And, um, and, I'll, and I'll add one more thing about these We talked about uh, football ability, but also – and I've said this before – these two kids are really good kids. I mean, they are great kids. They're the kind of kids you want in your program. You're not going to have to worry about what they're doing off the field. You're not going to have to worry about them at 2 o'clock in the morning. They're great kids that you want in your program, besides having an extremely, in my opinion, high ceiling uh, when it comes to development and what they're going to be in say three years. And not I concur. The development, but uh, they already attend a tremendous high school program. So their pedigree is going to be about as good as you can get. We talked about the rawness. Part of the rawness is they were buried on a depth chart because that school has an unnaturally good setup. Um, had they been at a different state and a smaller player, probably be on starting as freshmen. So who knows? Let's talk about this weekend because it's going to be huge. We mentioned how the Armstrongs visit, uh, are going to visit for the spring game. There are going to be some guys here this weekend who are very, very important. It's a huge visit weekend. There's kind of three dudes who stand above the rest, in my opinion, and we're going to break them down first. Let's start with James Peoples. You guys saw yesterday Bill rolled the crystal ball, and our evaluation, Buckeye in the Sky, came out shortly thereafter. This is an impressive tape to watch. Um, Texas football is big time, so you know the competition level is solid. And Mr. James People looks like he's shot out of a GD cannon every time he gets the ball. As someone who's watched now how long we've been doing this, 
I've watched a lot of running back highlight tapes. This guy is about as fast at top speed as I can remember anybody. There are some guys who maybe got zero to 60 faster, but he almost has that lean back sprinter, slightly upright style. You don't want a running back to have at times, but you never get a lick on him. He wears number 20. Actually reminds me of Tony Pollard a little bit as a Cowboys fan. Um, Bill, let's start with you. You rolled the crystal ball. Why? And then, Mark, break down what Ohio State will possibly be getting if Bill's crystal ball comes true. Go ahead, Bill. Well, James um, you know, made, made no bones about it. Ohio State right now is his front runner, as I wrote on, our, on, on the story. Uh, he said they are my front runner right now. And, it's uh, you know, he's going to, as he put it, ask some tough questions. And he is flying to Columbus today. He'll be in Columbus later today. Uh, it's a multi-day visit, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He'll be at Student Appreciation Day on Saturday. And he's going to ask some, as he put it, tough questions. And, and I just think Ohio State is going to be very ready for him. And uh, they'll have uh, great answers for him. And they'll, you know, as I told him, James, you haven't been to Student Appreciation Day. You're going to have fun. You're going to be impressed. Um you know, another thing that uh, I don't know if most people know about James is that uh, he's from a military family. He was born, or I should say, uh, uh, yeah, he was born in Germany because his dad is in the Air Force. Um, but he's lived in San Antonio since, I don't know, two, three, four years old. Um, but his dad, uh, relatively soon, in the next you know, few, couple of years, I think, or less, is going to retire. Uh, so that means that his dad is going to be able to go see him play, whether he's at Texas or whether he's in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and, you know, you, it's important when you recruit kids that you recruit their parents and the oh, parents no get, to, get to see you play. Well, if he's living in San Antonio and he's retired, it's not going to be an issue to get to Columbus. They've got all kinds of family in Cleveland and Youngstown. They're going to be here this in Columbus this weekend. They're coming down for this visit. And this is just me speaking here. Who knows? Maybe when James's father retires, maybe they'll move to Ohio. Yeah. You know, that's that probably is. not out of the question. If he's retired, perhaps you know, all kinds of family in Cleveland and Youngstown, maybe they move. And again, I'm, I'm not, I didn't, I wasn't told that. I'm just kind of thinking in my mind that, that could be possible if you're retired and you've got uh, grandparents and parent, everything in Ohio, maybe that's uh, also a, a good reason uh, to help James along with his decision, perhaps. Yeah, we, we talk about how uh, recruiting is regional. That's largely because, it's the distance for your family to go watch you play. That's not because, you know, the teams around you just happen to like guys from their area. It's just, it's more convenient to recruit, but it is a big deal to go watch your kids play in college. Believe me. You've got a, a son that's playing in college. You went through the recruiting process with him. Uh, I had two daughters that played college softball, a son that, basketball and it went through the recruiting process and you you know dan that uh deep down you really want to see your kid play and if it's really hard to see your kid play you know you may not tell him not to go to that school but that may not be your first choice 
Yeah, my son ended up making his decision based on location in a lot of ways, just because he felt he had similar offers. Um, most of them were on the uh, in New England and in the East Coast, and he found a spot in Ohio that he felt offered the same, and it's a big reason why he took it. Um, so it is regional. Now, here's what he wasn't, a running back from Texas who would have people fly him to Seattle or Maine if need be. So, Mark. Uh, break it down for us. You've seen plenty of running backs. If you could possibly put them in context, we've talked ad nauseum here about Jordan Marshall and um, Sam Williams Dixon. And is it Dixon Williams? I get that one messed up all Sam the time. Sam Williams Dixon. People get upset with me for messing that up. I apologize. And then also you've done Jordan Lyle, the Aquinas running back who has an offer and has visited recently. So put all those guys in context if you could. But let's start with Peoples and what you thought. Yeah, you, you nailed it when you say shot out of a gun type running back. When I made his film, you know, there was a lot of clips I could have used. And, of course, when I'm, I'm making a film, I always move the best clips up to the front of the film because we want to show off your best stuff. And I got, to, you know, we tried to do a, a two-minute breakdown, but there were probably four minutes of him just running to the house. Yeah. And it, it made the film, I said, hard to evaluate because I don't know if he has power. I don't know if he has wiggle. I don't know if he has cutting ability. I have no idea because you don't see it in the runs we're presenting you. You see, you know, some toughness. I joke on the film. And if I wanted to put some of his eight-yard runs in and his 15-yard runs in, you'd see some of those, you know, qualities and characteristics. And you get a better feel for his toughness and power. But just, you know, for the, the competition he faces to have that many runs where you just – I mean, and, I, and I'm looking at his offensive line. Like, all you're doing is giving this kid a crack. Right. I mean, you're giving him that crack, and he is in and out of it so fast that guys can't disengage quick enough. It's like they see him, and they don't have time to, you know, shuck the lineman. Uh, so he's a perfect back for the Ohio State scheme. They, they like guys in space. They like guys to put their foot in the ground and hit a crack and go on the zone run scheme. Um, you know, they like to use him in the receiving game. How does he compare to all these other backs? The St. Thomas Aquinas back – I think is the closest back to him. Another pure speed back that did a lot of the similar stuff with speed. The Like that 195, 190-pound kid that you'd like to see get to 200, which they probably will, um, but not the most powerful backs. The two fastest were those two. And what I said about uh, Jordan Marshall is he maybe is more well-rounded, you know, but he's definitely not the burner in the open field that Peoples is. Peoples is the one that, wow, that's – that's going to win some races and beat some one-on-ones. Jordan Marshall is probably a little step off. Uh, Sam Williams-Dixon might be more powerful than the other ones, but, of course, he was running through competition that we have repetitively questioned. And, you know, and, and, I, and there are playoff teams on that schedule and good teams, but, you know, Pickerington North is going to be his real test this year of competition. Will he just run by everybody and run through everybody? So, to rank them, the two speed guys are from down south. The most well-rounded guy is going to Michigan. And Sam Williams-Dixon's going to have to prove it his senior year that he is the legitimate national back, you know, with some of these other guys. But his game is not the speed game of Peoples. What I love about Peoples, um, and when Travion Henderson is at his best, it puts so much pressure on the defense to know that if you miss an open field tackle, and I put this in your thread, you can listen for the band. Um, that puts a ton of pressure on the defense. Like they yep. will literally change their D and have a safety back there, which opens up other things because they know if there's an angle, you're done. 
And, and it's really a, a matchup nightmare because during the week and all your different fronts and formations, you're like, who's assigned to him here? Oh, no. Like, we can't right. have that. we got to change this. Who's assigned to him here? Oh, no. And is there a player you have on defense for Travion Henderson? It might be a corner or a nickel guy that you have to somehow scheme to stay with him on wheel routes and when he goes out to the flats. And, of course, like you're saying, that guy slips or misses, and there's no one on the field that's going to make up for it. Uh, that's this type of player. But I've, Henderson has a little more jitter. I, I didn't want to use the Travion Henderson comparison because I felt it was so – there were some things there, but Travion, boy, he's, he shakes and dips, and he does a lot of stuff before he hits open speed. Travion is, though, when you see – if you look at his touchdown runs, a lot of them he's untouched. It's like there's that one line, like in Tron, and he just hits it like a – and he's he's beaten to the house. I think yep. uh, Peoples has that those same gifts, so that would be an incredible uh, pickup, and he'll be here this weekend, and, of course – we will chronicle that. Right, let's take a quick break here and come back. We have more love to discuss. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> All right, let's talk quarterback. The apprentice Air Nolan saga or recruitment will apex this weekend. He is visiting. He very kind of interesting, Bill, in that he announced the finalists. And Ohio State was on there and he's yet to be offered. Everyone assumes he'll be offered this weekend. I have to assume that as well. I think they're going to have Aaron Nolan in the class. Am I getting ahead of myself? Give me your latest vibes. Well, I think we'll find out a lot this weekend. Uh, you know, that's not to say he's going to announce. He's not. As you mentioned, Dan, he's, he's got a, a date for uh, a week from now, basically, to announce. But I think, you know, the, the vibes will come out after this weekend. Um, one thing I don't think is going to happen is I don't think Ohio State is going to uh, panic or do anything if they're not sure, because we know how that's uh, this story has gone before. Devin Brown, <laughs> late, got in on him and they got him. They flipped him. Lincoln Keenholz, late, got in on him. They flipped him. Uh, C.J. Stroud, he wasn't committed anywhere, but they didn't get in on him till they didn't start recruiting him till December, and they got him over some big time schools. So they know that uh, if they aren't a hundred percent sure that Aaron Nolan is their guy, they don't have to panic, and they won't. Um, if they do know a hundred percent that he's their guy, yeah, then I can see him ending up at Ohio State. So we'll see what happens, this, you know, uh, with the visit this weekend. He's definitely high on their their chart, and Mark is going to have his Buckeye on the sky on Aaron Nolan either today or tomorrow. Um, 
it will be very interesting to see what they do there. I think you make it. I might add that I like I like Aaron Nolan a lot. Um, yeah. You know, I, I absolutely can see I could see them offering and then going all in to get him. I you know he's an he's an out, outstanding talent, and you know, but, but as we know, <laughs> Ohio State is pretty much quarterback you now. So we'll see. Well, Bill, you bring up a great point. Anecdotally, now if you can go into someone's living room during their senior year if they're a quarterback and say, "Look, the last guy we did this with." is going to be the first pick in the draft. You don't have to make much of an argument after that that you weren't paying attention to them before then, whereas if another school comes in there after being in love with someone else and getting shunned, you may look like uh, the last guy at the altar. Quarterback and wide receiver recruiting are so good right now that if you spend any time worrying about it, that's you doing that for your own desire to have anxiety. There's nothing to be worried about in any way. Um, you're, you're definitely the way I would describe this is you're back to where Duke and Carolina were like 15 years ago in basketball, where I was told they don't recruit, they select. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, as you're, you know, talking about Ohio state coming in at the last second on some of these guys, you wish Ohio state had that luxury to wait more often. The more information you get on players, the better evaluation you can do. But I think Ohio State's in this situation where they have to fire on sophomores. They got to fire on juniors. They don't very often get to watch a career on a kid and say, yeah, you know, we have it on you. And, you know, not to digress even further, but Ohio State's like the hottest girl in the school trying to find one guy for a prom date. And the one kid is that has the trust fund where he's going to be a millionaire the rest of his life. And if you go with him, you have this nice life. And another kid, the the best football player in town, and he's going to be a future scholarship guy. And the other kid is, you know, the hottest guy in the school, and he's going to be a movie star. And here's this girl going, I have my choice of all of them. And you probably want to wait to make the decision. You know, you don't want to make the decision when they're in high school. <laughs> you want to see what which actually, you know, comes. So I think Ohio State's like that when they're picking early. Like, we love all these guys. They're all good. We want Raiola. We want this kid. But we know there's others. We know there's other good scenarios. And it's, it's really – I'm not crying for Ohio State, but the MAC and a lot of these other schools don't have all this pressure to go after freshmen, sophomores, whatever. They can wait, and the reputation and the recruiting doesn't pass them by if they don't. And it seems like Ohio State's, you know, I, and I know recruiting, they're, they're getting films sent down there where there's a gun to their head. Hey, yep. you got to offer this kid or he's going to go somewhere else. And if you don't offer him today, and he may very well be a Kentucky kid or a Michigan State kid, and, and the fruition may be an NFL player, but – no, we had to make a decision sophomore year with six game tapes, and that's all we had. We, we couldn't pull the trigger yet. So I know that was a digression there, but I do sympathize with Ohio State because we talk about this all the time. How do they come in and, you know, we, we just digress so deep into this in the minutia, but that's the way I feel sometimes. It's, it's just tough being Ohio State. Listen, those early evaluations are so important. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but the Mac Brown era ended in Texas because – Texas tried to get ahead of everybody and started taking everybody as sophomore and juniors and none of them panned out. So they were stuck. Um, I, I make my mistakes when I evaluate too early on a player. Right. You know, I'll look back at my reports and think, yeah, and, and, I, and not that I was wrong. It's just like the Armstrong twins. The information was not there yet. You know, you just, so you take these limited sample sizes and you make a leap of faith. I think I've said this before, but it's like, uh, I once had an internship with an NBA team, and I remember the guy who was going to make the call in the draft pick, they told him, don't miss on the outlier. But if you miss on the outlier, you're fired. So, 
That's yeah, fun. that's it. You miss on Julian Edelman, you're fired. You miss on Randy Moss, okay. You know, he was 6'4", 6'5", ran a 4'3". You can miss on him. You miss on Julian Edelman, you got some explaining to do. And what's what's the problem is, is that, uh, you know, you can miss on guys that will hit elsewhere, and it's it's a challenge, man. It's definitely a challenge, the talent evaluation business. Speaking of which, if we want to evaluate talent in the state of Ohio, two defensive backs kind of stand above the rest, Bryce West at Glenville and Aaron Scott at Springfield. If you went to a Springfield game and didn't hear his name called, don't feel hurt. The opposing offenses tested him rarely this year. He got half the field to himself. Mark, let's reverse it this time. You tell us what you think of Aaron Scott, the great Springfield defensive back, will be visiting this weekend. Bill, if you could put his recruitment in context, that'd be great. Yeah, what you like about Scott and Bryce West is they have a lot of weight to them. They're pushing 185, 190, which we're talking about tailbacks. You want to be 190, 200 or something. So when you have a corner that big, you're talking about a safety size, and they tackle like safeties and – that's what you love out of corners. There's a lot of light corners that can go run with people. They're track stars. They might only weigh 160, 150, but, you know, that they fly. These are these are two big kids that fly, you know, and, and that's the special breed you want that plays at the NFL level that can handle all the uh, big running backs and run down people. Uh, but like you're saying, in high school, you, you don't see the highlights very often because if, if I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm not testing one of the best three or four athletes in the state. There's 700 teams. There's uh, 1,400 corners. I'm looking for like uh, the ranking of like seven or 800 or below that I'm going to test, not number one through five. So, you know, just do the math on that, and you see why people don't mess with them. William, yeah, I am. Um, I saw Aaron. I went to one of his games when he was a sophomore. Um, went to an early season scrimmage um, prior to his junior season. And then I went to one of his games during his junior season. And those three combined, I'm not sure that I saw more than even five passes thrown his way. They, Like Mark said, they just didn't challenge him. Uh, if for good reason. Um, you know, he, uh, he's, he's got length. He runs really well. He's just an outstanding corner. And we've talked about this weekend a little bit. He is going to be in Columbus this weekend. Um, he, he uh, is one of the several corners that are going to be in Columbus this weekend. Uh, Marcellus Williams from California and Aaron Scott going to be another big weekend for Ohio state visitors. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Aaron Scott is, is, would you guys agree falls into the must get category? Yes, sir. Yeah. He's uh he's, he's definitely. He's the top of the board I'm saying, I almost feel like we haven't pubbed him enough because there's not great tape of him and stuff, but just know that he is a top of the board guy and boy, he's an impressive corner prospect. I'd be hard pressed to pull out a a weakness. Not only that, he plays in a great program that plays tremendous competition that let me tell you something. My son had practice at Springfield. I've said this before. We practiced at Springfield this past uh, AAU season. Their weight room is college good and their talent. They are deep. And believe me, they got a lot of youngsters come. Springfield's going nowhere. Um, it, very it, the head coach was an NFL defensive back for the Chicago Bears, Maurice Douglas. So, like, you want to get someone coached by and in the secondary by an NFL guy, that's fine. And, and boy, when you say their weight room, they post a lot of videos of them working out. I get tired watching them. Like, <laughs> those kids pay the price in there. 
and Which, their by the OC, way, it, yeah, their OC was a great, uh, like semi-pro quarterback for years. Um, so yeah. they really have it. Now his son, by the way, is going to be a quarterback. We probably be talking about in a few years, but what we digress. Go ahead, Bill. Dan, you mentioned that uh, Springfield's not going away. Well, uh, last this past season, last season, 2022 season, uh, they were young up front on both sides of the line. That was kind of their weakness. Those guys are all now growing up, yeah. and they've been through it a year. They're going to be in that real, weight room. Yeah, they're going. They're <laughs> they're not going to be young up front anymore on either side of the line. And then they got their skill position guys, you know, by led by Aaron Scott, who are tremendous. Yeah, and they're always deep. Larry Stevens, I don't know if you guys remember him, plays at Toledo. Very good buddy of my son. My eldest son he played hoops with forever. Great family. And uh, that's just a quality program, man. That's just a well-run football program. They, they do lose uh, the receivers, Pen and Anthony Brown. They and the quarterback. Blasted. Yeah, look, the quarterback loaded. transfer from Arcanium. The, the Arcanium uh, transfer quarterback was a big key oh, yeah. to bringing that offense together. He – I watched him fillet Moeller in that playoff game, just lacing balls into those guys. So, you know, they, they have a mini rebuild, but like you're saying, their offensive coordinator will figure that out. But talent just goes around. Right there, but got Arcanum to Springfield is not uh, next door. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of like – that's similar to the Sam Williams-Dixon move. Yep. Um, no, it was a great move. But I'm saying they've lost him and – a couple of those key pieces, but the, they have the players. They have the pieces, the, the best pieces. Springfield can go into the portal if they need to. Uh, <laughs> we, all, we all know about that. Oh, um, by the way, I forgot to mention, we were talking about the corners this weekend at High State. Charles Lester yeah. III from Florida, another one. So you got Aaron Scott, Charles Lester III, and Marcellus Williams, three of the country's top defensive back prospects all at Ohio State this weekend. Speaking of which, Bill, how many corners do you think they want to take in this class? I think they'll get a, they'll sign at least three. Okay, and then obviously what it's what the goals will be West Scott and Blank, correct? Yeah, I think you know if we haven't talked about uh, Lockhart Miles Lockhart from Arizona, who I've I've got crystal ball three great corners to Ohio State. I've got Scott uh, crystal ball to Ohio State. I've got uh, West crystal ball, and I've got Miles Lockhart from Arizona. Um, those three are all tremendous prospects. And I right now I like all of them for Ohio State. Although, as we know, West is going to be a battle. Michigan mm. is, is definitely in the running for him. Yeah. I'm starting to feel like that's almost taking on a life of its own, the Bryce West recruitment and kind of being the the Harbaugh uh Ryan Day death match. But we shall see. Bill, I don't mean to ambush you here but we're getting some questions how about kobe black are you familiar with him? he was here uh he was in columbus last this last weekend for the the big march uh 25th weekend you know it's gonna be a tough one to get but uh, you know they they have a shot the number of cornerbacks great cornerbacks that they have a shot at landing it's it's tremendous uh you know, they, I can see them going to four corners if they can, you know, you can't turn some of these guys down yep. if they want to be in the class. I, I would think that, that I would think that the Ohio guys have what Bill's saying. They're, I wouldn't even include them as corners. If they both wanted to commit and you already had to, you take both of them. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't think, I don't think they get turned down no matter what. No. Nope. Right. 
Charles Lester may even be in that category, but you'll see a lot of crystal balls rolling towards Florida State. I'm not super confident on that one, but you never know, man. Once these guys get up here, and by the way, I checked the weather for today for James Peoples, 50 and sunny, all sun. So we can trick this guy. And although Texas gets some, San Antonio will probably get some reasonable weather, although it's warm. I mean, it rains occasionally down there. But I even saw one recruit say recently, the weather wasn't as bad as I thought up there. And I thought to myself, oh, Mother Nature complied. Thank you very much. All right, Mark and Bill. Last topic. Reggie Powers has been crystal ball to Ohio State. Many have checked in on it. I have a question here. Yeah. Chad Stryker. Sorry about that. Can you guys give a brief rundown of Reggie Powers after his crystal ball to OSU? Reggie Powers. Will be a junior at Centerville, kind of a hybrid safety linebacker type. Another guy that played. We're starting to recruit a lot of guys who played basketball with my children, which I enjoy. Um, what do you guys think of him? Mark, you start. Uh, yeah, I go first real quick, Mark. Uh, so let's talk crystal ball. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I, I haven't looked yet this morning if more crystal balls are rolling to Ohio State on him or not. I know that. When I crystal balled him to Ohio State on Saturday after his visit, that was the first crystal ball pick for him to Ohio State. Um, you know, he did not have an offer until Saturday afternoon from Ohio State. Um, uh, I feel good. I feel really good about that pick, and um, I, I think he will likely end up at Ohio State. He is a 2024 kid. He is being recruited by Ohio State as an in-the-box bandit safety and uh, he'll hit you <laughs> if you watch his his tape he will definitely hit you um but uh yeah i i, I think that uh obviously i would not have crystal balled him on saturday to ohio state if i didn't feel good about that one hold on a sec mark uh, steve wolfong has also crystal balled reggie to ohio state so as i've said before if bill and then steve crystal balls them there's a very good chance they have a their class schedule. Um, Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, simply put, he may be one of the better just pure football players in the class. You know, like Bill said, he'll hit you, he'll line up in the box, and, and he plays football. Um, the safety hybrid role is probably perfect for him. He, I even have him more of a linebacker, um, just because I don't see him as a true burner in coverage. Uh, but I think he's the type of kid that when you're that type of football player, those are hard to find. And in my experience, I see a lot of football players that don't have measurables or whatever. And I'm talking about kids that go to Mac and whatever. They end up on the field somehow. They're just football players end up playing football. And I think that's what you're getting in Reggie Powers. I don't know to mention, too, on Reggie. He visited Ohio State uh, January 21st. And not a lot of people were talking about him at that point. I remember I, I wrote about him after, on that visit, uh, talked to him after that visit and all. And um, he's a basketball player, and Perry Iliano, high safe safeties coach, was going to go down to see him uh, play basketball uh, right after that visit. And right then, you know, they're serious about this guy. Perry Iliano is not going to waste his time going to a kid's basketball game uh, in late January if they're not serious about this kid. Obviously, they were serious about him. They offered him last weekend. That was a JV game, believe it or not. Centerville's basketball team, you can actually watch them on NBA TV tonight at 7.30. They beat – they're in this thing. There's a tournament going on 
uh, sponsored by the NBA Players Association called The Throne, where they're gathering lots of high school teams that were excellent during the season and playing them. It's actually not legal, according to Ohio, to do this. So they are in the tournament as the Ville, and you can only bring a certain amount of players. But they whacked Beaumont, Texas yesterday, which had won 35 straight games. Reggie Power is not on the court. It's a uh, – to get on the court at Centerville, you have to be – right now you have to be a Division One basketball player. And so they are very impressive. I said we were done, but – this dude has earned by distance uh, <laughs> this question from Murray Ron, who looks like he's on a pitch somewhere. I hope I said that correctly in his picture. Greetings from Wales, gents. What Wales? Wherever that is. I didn't know we were huge in Wales. We're huge in Scotland, though. What combination of highest positional need and least likely highest recruit do you see possible? i.e. biggest gap anticipated at this time? Kind of a tough question, Bill. I think what he's asking is the guy in the class who, because they need to fill a spot, they may roll the dice a little bit and take a guy who may not be as highly rated than some others. Could it be an offensive lineman? Um, that Those guys sometimes come in a little raw. Maybe your Jake Wheelock type could fly in there. What do you guys think? I would probably say that two huge positions of need are running back. They didn't sign one for 2023 and defensive end. You know, they missed out on the big three last year uh, that, you know, everybody was thinking they're going to get at least one of them. If not, some people let them get all three. Personally, I was on the camp that they'll get one. And even that was not right. They didn't get one. So I think that's a big position of need uh, in the running back. Um, you know, if they get the guys, I don't think they're going to have to reach, so to speak, at running back because I, I, right now I've got James Peoples and Williams Dixon crystal ball to Ohio State. Defensive end, you know, I don't know that I would uh, necessarily, they've got a lot of defensive end offers out. Maybe they would need to reach a little farther at that position, but it's still early. You know, we'll see what happens there. Mark, is there a possible Ohio guy we could throw into this category? That uh, In the Trestle era, they do their recruiting and then go scoop up everybody with a blonde crew cut from Ohio, but they're not going to do that now, I don't think. No, and I think the answer to the question is Jihad Carter and Ignazium, or Ignazium, Ignazium. Big Ignazium, there you go, yeah. I think there was your answer to the question. You know, those were the two positions that they just got two starters, it sounds like, out of the portal to come and plug and play, where – in my opinion, and I was on record last year with C.J. Hicks and Sonny Styles. if you're relying on kids coming out of high school to come plug holes at Ohio State, you're in trouble. You're, it happens once in a generation, and when it does, that erases what I said. But 20 kids come in here every year, and all of them think, I'm going to be the one that steps on the field freshman year, and you're going to be wrong. You're gonna, there's too many grown-ass men in that locker room who've been lifting for three years that aren't going to let some kid out of high school with five stars come in and take their job. Okay. Like it's like, we act like we don't have five stars from the three previous years that are already on the team. So I think that question is plug and play is going to be more transfer portal. Um, boy, if there was like a kid in Ohio that you could just throw an offer at, cause you like them like Trestle used to, I'd have to answer that next week and just go through the list. And, and it's largely due to GPA and off the field stuff, kind of like uh, the Armstrong guys, like, Hey, you know these guys are going to be program kids where at 2 in the morning you call them and they're sleeping. 
You know, yeah. they, they will be in bed every night at 1030 type kid. And we can trust that their GPAs when we have the academic checkup 4.0. So that type of kid is more who it would be. And he'd be at the top of some of the position lists. And, you know, there's a kid in Canfield like that that's going to Iowa State that fits that thing. A linebacker, uh, Inglis, his dad played at Youngstown State for Trestle. So, you know, there's connections like that when you connect the dots 4.0. You know, he's kind of like the kid at Big Walnut. You know, he's not far. So there are kids that would fit that. Well, we're going to throw a bone here. You know, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a tough, that's an interesting question I saw come up. I tell you what, the way it works now, I would just, if, if you're if you're worried about it, you can just wait till the guy goes to Bowling Green and take him after a year. You know what I'm saying? Let him go prove it on a college field and use the transfer portal like a lily pad. So, and and you, know who it, you know who it usually is? when Trestle did it is they go to the state playoffs and they go stand there for six games and whatever kid kind of comes out of that weekend is the, wow, he really, you know, it was Dane Sansenbacher, you know, 15, 20 years ago in the state championship game. Who, who were the twins that were going to Miami and when the quarterback blew up and we offered him and he said no and went to Miami. You remember that bill? I don't remember. I know who the quarterback was obviously, but I don't remember who the twins were right offhand. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Yeah. Getting to the point where even we don't know the answers. That means it's time to end the show. We appreciate these guys stopping by. It's been a good one. And like we said, it's going to be a furious recruiting weekend. You want to keep it locked to Bucknuts. The Dean will have it all. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Sunday after the equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after the equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.